Hey everybody, this is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, you know her, you love her, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, mom and I review the new Animaniacs. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. A little tired of being cooped up in the house uh, in lockdown 2.0. Tired of the kids, but, you know, thankful for them, etc. Oh, I know. I know. People can relate to that. People with children can relate to that. You've done every arts and crafts. There's glitter. In your case, there's stickers everywhere. And at this point, you'd go and buy a sticker store if it would keep them occupied for a couple of hours, just putting stickers anywhere. I mean, really, you, pretty soon people are going to just sit down and be drinking martinis with their kids. Now, you have an onion story, I understand. I do. This is all I, I do know. have an onion story. Okay. So this is what happened this morning. And this is an example of what we're, we're all going through. But I started to make the stuffing mixture because um, while we are not getting together for Thanksgiving, Matt is deep frying turkeys. Merrick is going to meet him halfway tomorrow morning. I'm sorry. Please deactivate all electronic devices, mom. We are trying to record a podcast. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know how to. Uh, I'm really sorry, but I don't know how to. And it notifies me twice, so I don't understand that either. So, Merrick is going to meet Matt halfway to pick up a turkey, but I am responsible to make the uh, traditional sides. Sweet potato casserole, pineapple casserole, green bean casserole, casserole casserole (laughs) for, for Merrick and Sarah. And... So this morning, I thought I would get a jump start on on the stuffing because that reheats very nicely after one day. It's, you know, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. there's not much to it. So I was chopping all the vegetables up, chop, chop, chop. And then I chopped an onion and it was supposed to be a sweet onion, but uh, it was a very pungent onion and <laughs> it, will, it will mellow. And then I looked at the clock and I realized we had 15 minutes. Well, at this point, all my sinuses are swollen up and I sound horrible. 15 minutes and until I, the podcast recording, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so now I'm thinking, <clears throat> what can I do? What can I do? And I came in to the living room and I sat down and I was going to have a little conversation with daddy and... I saw a sticker on the door. So I said, you know, what the heck is that? I mean, you know what it is. Yeah. It's somebody that came to make a delivery while you were standing right in the kitchen. What? 25 feet, 20 feet uh, from FedEx that I never get, FedEx Express. (laughs) And it's for me. And he tried to deliver it. I don't know if he stood out in the yard and, you know, I don't know what he did, but he had to open the door to put the sticker on to say he couldn't deliver it. Why didn't he just ring the doorbell? And then, Johnny, this is what happened. 
the wheels all fell off. I said, oh, my God, what if this is something that someone sent us special for Thanksgiving and we can't get it? And Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving will be ruined. Right, because it was something thoughtful. (laughs) And at that, the floodgates (laughs) opened. So I, you know, because nobody's going to be here. It's just going to be me and daddy. And. You know, we're all adjusting to that, but it just all hit me that maybe somebody was trying to do something very sweet and kind. And just the thought of that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Sent me right down the chute. Well, if it if it puts you at ease at all, I didn't do anything sweet and kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we knew it wasn't you. We were pretty sure of that. So. <laughs> but it just showed me how close to the surface that that good cry was waiting, yeah, just lurking yeah, there. It's true. And us, so everybody should get themselves an onion and get it started. <laughs> now, you uh, in rec- in a recent episode uh, were real down on the FedEx uh, ground or FedEx home delivery, the green FedEx logo trucks. Uh, but you say this was a this was an orange one. This was the official FedEx Express. Right. This was the real deal. And I have no idea. Uh, the stuff that I order, you know, comes from the United States. I never... This this package apparently <laughs> originated in Spain. Oh, wow. Well, who would send something here from Spain to me? Hmm. That's a puzzler. That's a puzzler. But well, I'm disappointed is. in the... In the um, FedEx d- delivery person, because, yes. you know, when someone rings that doorbell, the people up the street answer their doors, let alone That's you right. know, our home. That's it's right. so loud, so you definitely right. would have heard it. Now, I'm thinking maybe it was somebody that maybe didn't recognize that it was a doorbell. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. You know, so are the doorbell on our home, oh, I've never seen another doorbell like this. Have you, Mom? Uh, only in pictures. It's it's not a button. It's in the door, and it's uh, it's a um, handle that you twist, and it makes the the uh, hammer inside this dome bell that's on the other side of the door go. Brrrr. So it's just this very loud ring. Do you want to go down and ring it so we can hear it on the sure. podcast? Okay, this is a yeah. live demo of the doorbell. And, and I have to say that usually we run to the door if somebody's near it because we don't want to hear it ourselves. <laughs> right. It's like the, it's such an effective doorbell. We answer the door before you have a chance to ring it. Okay, here it is. Ready? Okay, you ready? Oh, it's stuck. Oh, here. Okay. It's quite loud. It was stuck, though. Perhaps this has solved part of the mystery. Well, he could have twisted it the other way. <laughs> it does twist in it two directions. Yeah, that's, that's true. Who would know what to do with that, though? I'm not surprised. It's probably someone filling in for the holidays, and they saw this doorbell, and they were like, you know what? I'm just going to leave the sticker, because I don't know what's going on. Here's what's really sad. Here's what's really sad. As long as we've lived here, we've had the same delivery guy. And he called daddy 
last Friday to say goodbye, that it was his last day. Aww. So it is not the same delivery guy that we've had forever. And Rob is on his way to, I think, North Carolina to live out his retirement. He was wonderful. That's nice. Yeah, I remember Rob. So little by little, the days of old are eroding away. Oh, I might have to have another cry now. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) You know, as far as pieces of my youth go, Rob, the FedEx delivery guy, um, is one that I let go with some regret, but uh, I'm okay. I'm going to make it. All right. Well, you know, he was an integral part of Daddy's oh life. Oh, God, yeah. All right, so this episode of the podcast is dedicated to Rob, the <laughs> FedEx delivery guy. Happy retirement, Rob. I hope you're listening somewhere in North Carolina. Enjoy the North Carolina countryside. It is beautiful down there, I assume. Now... Wait, wait, wait. We have one more sad thing. Yesterday was Matt's birthday, and what even Merrick reminded me, and I said, well, we'll call him as soon as Dad gets home, and Dad had it on his reminders, and neither of us remembered to call Matt yesterday oh. on his birthday. I know. <laughs> It's just a crazy year. I just, I just, it is, it so, is. so let's dedicate it to Matt instead. Okay. Rob, the FedEx delivery guy, screw you, because now this episode <laughs> of the podcast is dedicated to my brother, Matt. So sorry, Rob. I hope you enjoyed your 45 seconds of podcast that belonged just to you. Happy birthday, Matt. A happy nothing. Rob, the FedEx delivery guy. Okay. Now, Woo. you know, we won't be all gathered for the Tatey family traditions. You know, I'm sure we'll gather over FaceTime. Let's make sure to do that, yeah. okay? Let's not forget. Yes. All right. For uh, sure. Uh, I hope not to make that a tradition, though. Uh, that right. said, are you trying to start any new traditions to... Um, you know, well, keep your spirits up in the COVID Thanksgiving times. Well, this is a <laughs> wow. Uh, well, this year, listen to this. This is this is sort of crazy. Well, I made it a little crazy, but the little restaurant in the next town, which does very nice food, we've had sandwiches from there. The kitchen in Andover. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a Potter Place in guy myself, but sure. The kitchen. <laughs> Good luck having a meal there. Um, <laughs> There's a deep cut for the listeners. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we might be the only two people on earth who know what I'm talking about, let alone among the listeners. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, they make a big extravaganza. They've done this before. And they sell out every time, but they do a Chinese night where they make everything. Eat crab rangoon, steak tenderloin, just everything. Wow, it's like I'm in China. (laughs) So it's like like American Chinese night, right? No Chinese recipes were involved in the making of this Chinese night. I mean, crab rangoon. Rangoon isn't even in China. And hey, I love a crab rangoon. But 
All right, well, you're not invited to my Chinese okay. dinner feast. So I thought I would get takeaway. You have to order early because they sell out. So I ordered yesterday and I called up and then I thought, well, I don't know what Merrick's girlfriend Sarah likes. Mm. I'm not even really sure what Merrick likes. Uh, I know what, I, what should I order? What should I order? Mm. So what I ended up doing was saying, just give me one of everything twice. And so, so we are going to end. Also known as two of everything. Well, I w but I wanted them bagged separately so that we don't, so Merrick can just throw the bag at me and I, he can go home with his bag. You're really, you're really in a mood today. These poor aren't you? people at the kitchen. <laughs> you are impossible. So anyway, uh, what what are gonna? And then I, and then I went back and looked at the list. So we're gonna end up with things like this: a small container of uh, pork fried rice, a small container of vegetable rice, <laughs> a small. Oops. <laughs> We're going to end up with chicken lo mein, beef lo mein. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm going to really There's wish you were here. <laughs> <laughs> Send me some FedEx Express. <laughs> yeah, good luck getting it. The guy doesn't know how to find a doorbell. So it's going to be quite a feast for Daddy and I. We're going to be... So sick of turkey and Chinese food when this is over. Um, there you go. Plus, you still got to uh, make a dent in those Fuddruckers hamburgers. So, <laughs> or whatever. Was it Fuddruckers? <laughs> what was the place? Yes. Yes. How many of those do you have left? 71? All. Well, I think I oh. gave a pack to Merrick. It we was... ate a pack and, yeah. Was it a so... gross or half a gross? It was 72 hamburgers. Was, that's... <laughs> hey, I'm ready for a big barbecue. <laughs> you're, I'll bring the meat. You're ready for a Berlin airlift. <laughs> Forget a barbecue. Good Lord. How much did all this Chinese food cost you? I have no idea. I just gave him my credit card and... You probably started to... inventing new dishes when you said, I'll take <laughs> one of everything no. twice. No, she, she went through them all because she wanted to know if I wanted the large portion or the small portion. So Yeah, and what did you choose? I chose the small portion. Okay, well, there's that at least. Yes, thank you for critiquing my purchases. Oh, because you would never, right? Oh, this is beyond the pale for mom. Yeah, please give me a break. Well, you know, I you should have looked at the... my tone of voice when I answered the phone. I do not critique yes, your tone of voice. And I no, I don't. And I told you when you say, hi, mom, I, I feel I say, oh, aren't you chipper? Because I think it's a nice way to acknowledge that you sound very happy. Um, and happy. Well, my mood is always judged. I always get a report card on my it's mood not, within the um, first no. three seconds of a phone call. Yes. All right. Well, I'm not ever going to comment on your hair again. <laughs> as good. to how it applies to your grumpy mood. On my hair? 
Well, sometimes I say, oh, your hair looks good or oh, you look good or something. And so I guess that counts, right? Even if it's pleasant, you don't want to hear it. Okay. I just, well, that's not the phone. You carved that's... out a pretty slim category of stuff you're going to swear off. We weren't even talking about hair. You're like, that's well... it. I'll never say anything mean <laughs> about your old car again. What? We weren't even talking about that. So, okay, I'll take it, I guess. No more hair comments from mom. Okay, and before the review, we have to, this is a mysterious one, you, a new idea for a job. Yes, I, I, and this job may exist, but I think it would be wonderful, wonderful to have a job critiquing critics. <laughs> critiquing critics and to what form would that take well you know uh, the the language was too esoteric uh i didn't really get the description of the meat from a restaurant critic or this critic was much too kind to this book it was really mundane and they made it seem like they made me want to read it and it really was crap or something like that but you know, better better than that. Mm. I haven't really sussed it out completely, but why do they get to do all that critiquing uh, and nobody critiques them? You say them, but you know that I have uh, spent much of my career as a pop culture critic, so are you <clears throat> sticking it to me now? No, 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 because I don't think of, I think of you as a pop culture aficionado, not a critic. Well, so you think of a critic as someone who says, this is good and this is bad, right? Yeah. I think of a critic as someone who comments and adds, you know, so I say good and bad, but I try yes. to like add and illuminate. That's what I think a real, um, not a real critic, but I think that's a more, I just don't care about good and bad so much. And there's some critics okay. who are very much about thumbs up, thumbs down. So... Um, you're saying, why did the critics get to say good and bad? Critics who, you know, sort of take that slant, and then nobody gets to say they're good or bad, right? Right. Well, right. I think a lot of people do. I mean, we have comment sections and Twitter, and uh, I think people express themselves, but it's diminishing returns at a certain point, isn't it? Well, I guess, but, you know, in all honesty, this occurred to me while I was reading a food uh, critique in The New Yorker, in the reading room in our library. So maybe it wasn't the best thought. This was a food critique in the New Yorker. Wow, that you disagreed with, I take it? Well, it was just very flowery and very, you know, big words. And I thought, you know, what are you trying to prove here? Just talk about the food. I don't need to hear you use a four-syllable word to describe uh, a poached egg. You know, I, I just... Uh, I'm over it. Yeah, let's go to five syllables, right? Uh, the pulchritudinous poached egg was... <laughs> uh, so you just hate the New Yorker, it sounds like. Well, I was particularly irritated because there was a cartoon that I didn't get. And then I... And okay. Describe the cartoon. The cartoon was, was two men with a... And, and I did get it afterwards, but I thought... This this is so stupid. It was two men with a canoe meter standing in a room 
with canoes on the wall and maybe one on the floor and they're saying this is knee deep and off the meter or something i can't remember it exactly but i thought what canoe meter what yes i thought you said you got the cartoons in when on the online thing what (laughs) (laughs) what So I was, I was, was going to pull it out and send it to you, but I was so irritated. I just, I, I threw the magazine away. Okay. I really want to find this cartoon. I'm looking on the New Yorker website right now. Like, there's nothing. Um, all right. So uh, take that, the New Yorker cartoonists and um, canoe reviewers. You're, oh, hey, kids. <laughs> Hi, I'm doing a podcast right now. Get out. Out, 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 out. Close the door. Now it's going smoothly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the New Yorker, you're out. And canoe critics, Boo. I think I've got the gist of that segment pretty well down. Uh, we're we're against I, canoe I, critics. Okay. I will find that cartoon and send it to you. I'll send you a picture of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, should we get on to our review? Yes, we should. All right. This week, Mom and I are talking about the Animaniacs reboot. A team of Hollywood's top content scientists recently discovered a beloved 90s pop culture property that had not yet been strip-mined for nostalgia. This situation was quickly rectified, and the result is Animaniacs, a reboot of the satirical animated series that ran for five seasons in the 90s. Starring Yakko and Wacko, the Warner Brothers, and their Warner sister Dot, plus a cast of supporting characters like Pinky and the Brain, Animaniacs is a fast-paced send-up of Hollywood culture as the Warners unleash their joking, singing mayhem on the fabled Warner movie lot. Here's a clip. Looks like they're rebooting lots of shows. (gasps) Charmed came back. And the X-Files. Hey, even Full House. They just bring back old shows now. I bet I could sing a bitingly satirical song about it. Just do that right before Pinky and the Brain. Uh-uh-uh. We're also part of the Age of Reboot, sis. We gotta do it again. <laughs> they ran out of ideas for fresh new shows. So Hollywood did the only thing it knows. Murphy Brown, Melrose Place, Gilmore Girls Lost in Space. That's a raven's what they're craving. I know that's a show worth saving. I vote X-Files for a comeback. Your company's still a real snack. Would the Golden Girls be darker if we resurrect B. Arthur? 
Reboot it, renew it, reshoot it, redo it, and reuse it, retool it, abuse it, just do it. If you wanna make some easy cash, just recycle and rehash. Repeat it, reinstate it, reheat it, recreate it. There's no need to feel frustrated, simply just regurgitate it for a guaranteed rating smash. Pick it up out of the trash, come on, just reboot it. Animaniacs is available on Hello. <laughs> Mom, do you have Animania? I, I hated this show. I did. I did. I'm sorry. the The only thing I liked was the water tower. Yeah, you liked looking at that. Yeah. Um, I did, thought. That, that was that was real nostalgia. Uh, did you watch Animaniacs ever when it was originally on? Did you remember it at all? I did not watch it when it was on. I did watch it yesterday, the old one, one one episode, uh, and then I went, moved on to the new ones. And so I I did not know what it was all about, but I and this may be you know COVID related. But I just cannot hear another singing, opinionated anything anymore without cringing. Feels like the new one uh, delves a little more into the realm of the political. Uh, yeah. Perhaps because the political <laughs> is so much a bigger part of pop culture now. But in any case, um, it gets off to a tough start with the catch-up song that Yakko sings, uh, where he, they, the Animaniacs sort of catch up on everything that happened since they've been gone. Uh, and as the song itself explains, the song was written in 2018, so they sort of had to guess what happened in the following years, and they try to make hay of that. But, um, you know, the trouble is it's been so terrible that even their um, apocalyptic visions could not match up with the truth. And it just gets off to kind of an awkward start that way. Right. Right. And I, and I have to say also <clears throat> that the, the stuff that addressed the presidency and stuff uh, similar to that, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to some, you know, as I've said many times, some gentility, some class, some decorum, some some uh, idea of what you're doing, all the, all those things that, that are so, that have slipped away so quickly out of our grasp. Uh, I'm just looking to that and I'm, I'm not wasting time on trashing or, you know, I'm just, I'm just past all the, all the anger and the, and the ugliness. I'm past it. I, I just want to love everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think, Yakko's too angry, but um, you don't appreciate the cynicism of the writing. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I'm not in the mood for that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, the timing of it is is maybe not the best coming after the election. The moment I'm with you, the moment wasn't right. I liked it better than you did. I laughed. I was happy to see the characters, to hear that theme song start up again. Um, really delighted me. But, yeah, I don't need, uh, as soon as Trump was mentioned, I was just like, Ugh. Yep. That's what, that's when I just lost it, like, like lost interest. 
because they're not going to have anything original to say. And um, are the characters still cute and funny? Yes, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just uh, maybe I don't need this point of view right now. Well, and I think I think that's what I said last week about something is the timing of it is just it's not right for me. And it may be right for others. So I, I wouldn't trash this show. It's just not the right time for me. Yeah, I think, well, I think it might not be the right time for a lot of people. I, I think that the show struggles to straddle nostalgia. Um, and there's two layers of nostalgia going here. One is nostalgia for the original Animaniacs, like kids who remember it from the 90s, like me, right? Yeah, yeah. But on top of that, there's also this thick Hollywood baby boomer nostalgia. I mean, like, the brain talks like Orson Welles, as he always has, right? But that's like a reference. Yeah. And Wacko is Ringo Starr, basically. And the show is just chock-a-block with these references to the golden age of Hollywood, to baby boomer culture. Um, so it's pitched at multiple generations, but they're balancing these two layers of nostalgia with... Um, this intent to say something about the current world, say something funny, you know, not anything deep or profound necessarily, right. but to say, to satirize the present day world. And um, I have trouble holding it all together as I watch because the, you know, I think there's a conflict in the fatigue with present day commentary that you and I have talked about and the fun and escapism of the nostalgic layers. Like you're escaping right. for 30 seconds and then you're being hit in the head with the state of the world for the next 30. And that, yep. Right. Right. That's it. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. <clears throat> and so it doesn't fit into the genre of being, uh, I have to turn this off right now because it's, it's too reminiscent of the ugly political climate or this is absolute take away, take me away amusement. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's, I, I just can't, my brain can't do it right now. I did find myself distracted by hmm, whose voice is that? Who's doing <laughs> the voiceover for this? Yeah. So that, that was also, again, my brain is not, doing multiple things at one time right now. So, yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment on the whole, right? Uh, it was for me. It was for me. Although I'll say um, not quite the... Go ahead. You, you you go. I do like the animation. I think it's very pleasant to look at some, you know, some of the cartoons that we see are uh, choppy. They're, you know, they yeah. have less cells per minute. And the, this, this has less than... I would like, but it had enough to make it very smooth and pleasing to look at. Yeah, you know, part of the idea behind the Animaniacs also is that it revives the uh, tradition of Warner Brothers animation. So they do they do try to pay special attention to the craft of the animation. Um, and even the Animaniacs themselves, they're like characters from early film animation that you might see in like the Fleischer shorts. Um, or in Warner right. Brothers shorts in the theater, right? right. They have that, uh, they're black and white, and they have that sort of floppy, uh, you know, 30s and 40s character design. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's so many layers of tradition baked into this. 
and it's that it just seems like it's the 2020 piece that we're getting hung up on <laughs> right that and, sort and of that spoils is the, the problem stew. yeah you know six months from now this might be just what we need it's just true. what we need to be watching but right now it's a it's a little sore there's still yeah. some yeah healing that needs to be done um but if you're pa- you know if you're if you're fine with it i think people would enjoy the cleverness the 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 care given to it i think for some people this might just be perfect yeah i laughed uh what's your grade for animaniacs um, I gave it a C plus because uh, I think timing is important with this one yeah. for me. All right. That's a C plus for Animaniacs. Uh, Mom, oh, I forgot to ask if you have a recommendation. So this will be a complete surprise. Do you have a recommendation for the listeners? Well, I have to say that Thanksgiving is is a very nostalgic time. And it, this is when I like to go back and read all the books that I read in seventh grade again, like the yearling and where the red fern grows and old yeller. So I'm going to suggest that this is a great time to pick a book that you know you enjoyed. doesn't have to be a classic and just curl up with a turkey sandwich and enjoy it. Okay. So mom's kind of lazy recommendation is, Hey, just read a book you like. Figure it out yourself, everybody. You'll get no help from mom this week. (laughs) What is a book that you enjoy that you would enjoy reading again? A a young adult book. Well, Where the Red Fern Grows was one of my favorites in middle school. Although, um, spoiler alert, if you've never read it before, (laughs) it's pretty sad at the end. So I don't know if I want to read it right now. But I remember it very fondly because... There's so much um, of this uh, young man and his two dogs out in the woods. And I spent a great deal of my childhood. I didn't have a dog, but, you know, traipsing around in the in the woods um, yeah. of New Hampshire. So I really, um, the setting of that book is resonant and very flavorful for me. So when you mentioned that, um, that was something that I wouldn't mind looking at again. Um, I always like to go back to the books of Isaac Asimov, which I, I tore through a number of those earlier this year. What about you? Um, I like to read uh, City Boy by, is it Herman Woke? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's about a boy growing up in the, in the city. I kind of like that book. I like to read The Secret Garden, which is... Quite a good book, and mm-hmm. the Little Princess. I like both of those. They, they, they have happy endings. Um, <laughs> but those are my comfort books. Those are my books I know I'm going to enjoy. And while it doesn't feel like I'm making any progress in my book reading, I know I'm going to enjoy it and relax. Boy, the Secret Garden. Boy, I just always wanted to go there. It's such an allure to that. I feel like, especially as a kid. Um, but just the, but, the very idea of the secret yes. garden is so enticing. What what were you going to say? Well, you know, you know what place I think of also when I think of the secret garden is the place that we went to at Dartmouth that was like uh, a grass yeah. a, arena. I don't know what that place was. 
It's called the Bema, the big empty meeting area. And um, it's actually pretty close to the center of campus, but just sort of hard to find because it's tucked into this um, grove. And so you, there's a little bit of woods in the middle of the campus. And if you know your way around the woods, you do come to this beautiful um, clearing and they use it uh, for like senior day. Uh, they have, they'll have a little event there. It's sort of a gathering space, not used too often, but yes, you just come to this uh, quiet spot in the woods where there's a rectangle outlined by um, you know, stonework, granite. Yeah, And yeah. it just feels like a refuge from the world. Good call, Mom. Yeah. Really beautiful, really beautiful and soft. I always think of it as soft. I think of, um, you know, the woods, if you go in the woods behind our house and cross the stream and then go back into that area, you used to be able to climb up um, and you there would be a lot of woods back there. And I remember there was an area, I don't know if it was a natural clearing. It must not have been. That's not how forests work, but just a, a little area that didn't have quite as much trees and the sun would shine in. And that felt like a secret garden too. A few <laughs> years ago, I tried to make my way back there and arrived only to find that it was it had been developed and somebody had houses. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a shame. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad I could end that (laughs) bit on a downer. (laughs) Well, wait. thanks a lot, John. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) But, but I do want to say how thankful we are for our listeners. They really enrich our lives. And so, uh, you know, when we get a nice letter from somebody, it's just such a beautiful uplifting thing. And we are, Thankful, thankful for your thoughtfulness to us. Boy, that's the truth. We got a lot of nice letters after the Borat episode, uh, which uh, featured some personal reflections and conversation from mom and me, and uh, people were very supportive. It sure was nice to hear your thoughts and for people to share their own experiences in the Pop Mom Mailbag, the address for which I'm about to give you because that will do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? You got any ideas? I do. I do. Something interesting. Something interesting. Boy, you always come through. Thanks for listening. I do. (laughs) If you enjoy the show, (laughs) tell your friends. And hey, we love to get email. I just told you how much we love it. Here's the address. It's Mom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Happy Thanksgiving. Johnny. What? What? You didn't say it right. You're supposed to say Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) I forgot. I forgot. Okay, that's right. Bye for now, Mom, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody! (laughs) Good call, good call. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. How could I forget? A very merry Thanksgiving to all our listeners. (laughs) All right. I love you, Johnny. Love you, too.